Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Corey Pennypacker, and this is episode 14. Has technology taken over the kids around you? Even though there are lots of good things about computers and cell phones and iPads and television, overdoing it can sometimes be harmful to kids. Get ready, because today's guest has lots of helpful tips on how to balance screen time and grow relationships. Arlene Pellicane, co-author with Gary Chapman of the book called Screen Kids, will discuss tools that will empower you to help kids make positive changes. You'll also learn about five A-plus skills that every child needs to master. I'm so excited to learn along with you. Let's join Arlene now. Well, welcome, Arlene. What a treat to have you with us today. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you. Your book, the subject we're talking about today on technology, is so relevant with our kids today. So, so relevant. And adults, too. I can't wait to get started and talk about that to learn from you. But Arlene, I know you have a huge heart for children and families and helping them navigate through relationships. So can we hear about your family first and, and like where are you from and, and how many kids do you have? Yeah, this will be like five hours later. We can't get this woman to stop talking about her family. <laughs> so my husband, James, and I have been married for 22 years and we have three children. Ethan is our oldest. We go boy, girl, girl. So Ethan is 17 and uh, he's a senior <laughs> in high school. And then we have Noel, who's a sophomore in high school. And Lucy is our baby and she's a seventh grader. And we live in San Diego and all the kids go to public school. And we've got a big dog named Winston the Golden Doodle. And one <laughs> thing that was really great was when they were in elementary school. So starting Ethan when he was in first grade, we had a Bible club at our public elementary school called the Sunshine Club. And that was mm. just a wonderful blessing. Fridays in the gym, they're at school for our kids to be able to invite their friends to Bible club. So we've had this mm. very positive experience of our kids being able to kind of normalize that, hey, we talk about Jesus and we go to a you know public school. So it's been <laughs> kind of cool. So you get it. You get Bible to school, don't you? I get Bible to school. Great, great. Well, you are a fellow podcaster as well. You have a podcast called The Happy Home, which I listen to, and it's wonderful. So I recommend that to our listeners. Thank you. But you're a, you're a speaker. You have written several books. But the one we're going to talk about today is Screen Kids. And you wrote this. This intrigued me. You wrote this with Gary Chapman, who's the best-selling author of The Five Love Languages, which I recognize. And I know a lot of our listeners are sure. going to recognize. Yes. Yeah. Why did you and Gary decide to co-author this book, Screen Kids? Yes. Well, you know, Dr. Chapman has counseled so many families, couples, you know, parents that are frustrated through the years. And he saw that technology was a growing concern with families. But having, you know, his kids are grown and not having the experience of having kids in the home with technology and just kind of the battles that ensue. So he was seeking another author to write with him that had kids. So when we first started writing together, 
you know, my kids were much younger. And so they were all pretty much in elementary school. And that's how it started was just him seeking out someone who had kids. And so I've been so blessed because it has just been, you can imagine, right? When you get a request and it's like, oh, would you like to work on a book? And you're thinking, yes. (laughs) And then you hear, oh, would you like to write with Dr. Gary Chapman in collaboration? I think I was like, you know, literally on the floor, like what? You've got to be kidding. And anything about Dr. Gary Chapman is first class. He is just Mm -hmm. the kindest, most loving, gracious, humble man. He's just wonderful. Right. Well, you had practical application because your kids were were dealing with that. I have a question when you're talking about, you talk about, you know, screen kids, what exactly can you, first of all, define, you know, what would you consider screen time with kids? Right. Yeah. So, you know, kids used to just be kids and you'd see them Mm -hmm. and they'd be sliding down slides and they'd be playing tag and riding bicycles. And the reason they're called screen kids now is they're kids and they're holding a screen, you know? So it's that Mm -hmm. idea of that screen time It's not so much you don't have to worry about the Zoom classroom times that your kids have been in. That's not Mm -hmm. what really I'm talking about. When we talk about screen time, we're really talking about amusing, entertaining screens. We're talking about Mm -hmm. streaming videos. We're talking about Netflix and Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime and Disney. We're talking about video games. We're talking about social media. Those are the things that we're talking about. And one thing that can really help parents, especially in this year of that you had to do school online and different things, it's Mm -hmm. what's really treacherous about screen time is that it's a bundling of the good and the bad. It's not like cigarettes where you can just say like, hey, kids, don't smoke. That's bad for you. You're going to get lung cancer. Let's not smoke. You know, you can't say, hey, kids, let's not have any screens whatsoever in our lives because in two minutes they're like, but mommy, my math problem is on this screen, you know. (laughs) So that is the problematic thing, because if your kids grow up with any kind of addiction to screens, whether it's video games, pornography, social media, they have to learn how to manage that and still hold that device. It's not like a cigarette where they can just kind of turn their back on it and, and leave it alone. So that's why it's really important for our kids to learn those limits. And they don't do that by themselves. So we as parents, as grandparents, we've got to use those limits and really enforce them. And with your kids that are younger, one really good and older, a good way to explain it is digital vegetables and digital candy. That the Mm. digital vegetables, those are things like online school. There are things like um, listening to a sermon. Maybe you couldn't go to church in person because you were sick. So you listen to the sermon instead. That would be a digital vegetable. You never get in trouble for doing a digital vegetable. Oh, look, you're Skyping grandma. Shame on you. Like there's never a problem with using a digital vegetable. (laughs) And usually you as a parent, grandparent have to say, let's do this digital vegetable. Like the kid doesn't do it by themselves. But Mm -hmm. digital candy, of course, that's what they're doing. That's what they're sneaking around behind your back doing, whether it's a video Mm -hmm. game, whether it's a movie that they're not supposed to be watching, whether it's talking to a friend that you don't really like, you know. All those digital candy things are those tempting things of, wow, I watched one TV program and now the next one is queuing up and I got to find out what happens to this character. So I got to keep watching. And it's candy, just like in the real world, a little bit after a good meal once in a while could just be so delightful. (laughs) It's so wonderful. So when you're eating candy all day long, you're going to be sick. And it's the same thing when kids are having amusing screen time all day long, they will get sick. Yeah, because we used to just have, you know, three channels or we had, right. you know, it, we had to wait till the next week for the next episode. Yes. And it's just being thrown at them constantly. You can spend hours in front of the screen and just keep getting drawn in. So there's no patience, right? Because they used to have no. to wait, like, 
be continued. You think, oh, what's going to happen? You know, but there's no right. patience that's being developed because you can find things out right then, right there, and you just can keep going. And if you don't, then you could just pick something else. So it's really an age of choice where there's so mm-hmm. many choices and you don't really have to wait for anything. And, and that's what really hurts the character of a child to kind of grow mm-hmm. up thinking everything's fast. I have a lot of choice. You know, when they look at a teacher and think, well, this lesson is boring. You know, they got right. to like, why should I be sitting here when I'm so used to being entertained? Right. And and we used to be outside and so much physical activity. Some of the statistics in your book really surprised me. Talk a little bit about that. Like yes. how, how many kids are online? What, how is that affecting kids? Oh, my goodness. So, you know, if you went on an airplane ride and they said something like, you know, if your child goes on this airplane, side effects may include you know, nearsightedness, mm-hmm. anxiety, depression, obesity, attention problems, decision making problems, you know. You'd think like, what? Like sleeplessness. You'd think like, I'm not going to, those are a lot of side effects. And so screen time is so acceptable. And yet it is something that if you have, if you're seeing a lot of behavioral problems in your kids, you could just think, well, you know what? Let's take a break from screens for one week. Let's just, you know, not watch videos, not play games, and let's just see what happens. And I think you will be amazed to see the difference in your child. You know, whether it's one in five children uh, will struggle with obesity because you know, they're sedentary instead of playing outside. They've been studying over 10,000 kids for over 10 years and seeing what kinds of things are screen time, you know, what's happening. And they're seeing premature thinning of the cortex, which is the part of the five senses. So usually when we're older, 60, 70, 80, you know, that sense of smell isn't so great. You know, you mm-hmm. don't see you know, all those senses kind of start to wear down. Well, they're seeing that in children who are spending two hours or more with entertaining screen time, that they're seeing a premature thinning of that cortex. That's just one of many examples that are happening. And so the antidote is really simple. So if you can get this in your heart and kind of make these your priorities, it's not that hard. They recommend one hour of physical exercise every day. You know, and just one kids, hour, just one hour. So they're on bikes and it doesn't even have to be all together. It could be 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. But it, that's basically like someone going outside and walking the dog and riding a bike and playing a soccer game or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. one hour a day, nine to 11 hours of sleep and then two hours or less of recreational screen time. But, you know, kids age eight to 11, they're getting six hours of recreational screen time, the average child. And then uh, the older ones are getting nine hours, you know, so these are not good statistics. And so you really are kind of swimming upstream when you decide, you know what, I want to protect my child's brain. I want to protect their bodies. One out of five kids will be sexually solicited. And the main gateway is social media. So when you say to your 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year old girl, finally, yes, I'll break down and you can have social media. You have to realize that you are giving her a gateway and that statistic, one in five, that's very high. That's huge. It's hugely it's high. scary. And, <laughs> and so that is, you know, that's the reason where my kids have known ever since they were little, like, you're not going to have that. So maybe by the time they're a senior in high school, maybe that's when we'll start talking about, you know, is social media, might that be in the picture for you? And here's what happens, you know, very practically speaking. So my daughter is a 10th grader, you know, so I mean, she's a, <laughs> she's an older teen. And Mm -hmm. she does not have any social media, but what she does is she uses my phone 
to follow like her favorite hobbies. And then she'll take my phone and then for 10 minutes, she'll scroll through and kind of look at it. So that's kind of the common ground that we've come to have as one example. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. If God defeated Satan, why is he still here? Really good question. We can all probably think of a time when we wondered why there is still sin in the world when Jesus has defeated sin and temptations, like too much screen time. To answer this child, simply talk about God's faithful and perfect plan where he's still building his church and kingdom here on earth. Jesus was one huge step in that plan, but it wasn't the end. Because of what Jesus did, we can now have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us with temptations here on earth and receive forgiveness when we ask and have eternal life someday. That is victory. So you're basically teaching them how to uh, have some boundaries, healthy yes. boundaries yeah. with social media. That's one thing I know at you, here at you can tell the children. We often talk about social media or, or how valuable children, you know, we talk about, you know, we want right. to tell them how valuable they are to God, how their identity is in Christ. But anything we put ahead of our relationship with God is not good for us. And kids in the culture are, I know to tell you this, that, you know, culture tells that, you know, they're gauging success through social media. We're gauging their value through social media. It just seems overwhelming as a parent. And maybe somebody else feels that way out there about that. How do you get some positive skills? Uh, How do you get some things that we can say, you know, kind of steer them away from that kind of thing? Arlene, what you and Gary had come up with some things I thought were interesting. Yeah. So a lot of it is thinking of like for your boy, let's say that your boy needs competency. He needs to be good at something. And for a lot of boys, that competency comes from video games and they get that status from showing up Mm. at school and be able to say like, oh, this is what I did. This was my score. Or maybe they played together and they know that they were really good, et cetera, et cetera. So if your boy's not going to do that, because uh, it was just in the Wall Street Journal recently, right on the first page of boys being so lost with no purpose and the Mm -hmm. decline in going to college, that they're abandoning college because they're gaming and other things. And so it becomes very important. Like you realize, do I want my son to have a sense of purpose, a sense of mission? And so that comes from maybe developing other competencies so that they know an instrument, that they, they tutor a subject, they do a sport, they, they play, you know, something different that they can say, I'm good at this. So really look, look for things that your kids can do instead of screen time. So in the absence of screen time, what's going to happen? And really, it's really beautiful because then you can have, you can look for your children for their innate talents, the things they're interested in, whether they like animals, whether they like race cars, whether they like drawing, whether, you know, whatever it is. And those are the kinds of things and those are the kinds of friendships around those interests that you Mm -hmm. can foster. So when they are like, oh yeah, I don't have that certain app or I don't play that certain video game, They have other things that they can do. So it really is important to say, okay, we're not going to do that, but this is what we're going to do. These are the activities. These are things that you enjoy that we will do. And the younger your kids, the easier this will be. Because you know how kids are. They're like, yay, swimming. Yay, let's fly a kite. Yay, let's get a puppy. (laughs) Yay, let's draw. Hey, let's cook a cookie. Make a cookie. I mean, it's so easy to engage a child in something that's not screens if you'll just take a little time and think about it. Well, you had... That, that's all good stuff, Arlene. I, it's common sense to uh, that they have lots of gifts and talents. 
you need to intentionally, we talk a lot about intentionality, you can tell the children, because you need to be intentional to do that. And, and some of the people listening are grandparents and aunts and uncles and Sunday school teachers and just calling that out in them and just talking about other things besides video games. One of the things I noticed about my, my children's friends when they were young is they wanted to talk about video games all the time. And one of my sons said, uh, well, I don't really hang out with him anymore because all he talks about is video games. And I do more than that, mom. <laughs> right, so. exactly. It's a very narrow focus. And so it's yes. very intense, but it's super narrow. And I'm glad you mentioned the grandparents because besides Screen Kids, Dr. Chapman and I also have a companion book called Grandparenting Screen Kids to give just mm. that little guide for grandparents. And just, I would tell you, don't feel like, oh, well, I'm a grandparent, so I'm just not up on this stuff. So I'm just going to let my grandchild do it because they know better than me. No, you can go in there and say, you know what, at Nana and Papa's house, your iPad's going to go to bed or your phone's going to go to bed and we're going <laughs> to read books instead. And they will have that new normal at your house. So don't be afraid to not buy into all the technology. Right. And then you did mention reading. And I know that reading is something that is kids aren't doing now either yeah. because screens are taking up all their time. Yeah. So just think of it. If you're a kid and you're used to not Mr. Rogers, because Mr. Rogers was nice and just one camera and very still, but you're used to today's video, which is like changing every few seconds. It's amazing color, amazing action. There's all this humor. Someone's getting hit over the head every five seconds. You know, like it's very engaging. And then you put a book, a static page with words on it, right? And for a lot of kids are going to be like, what is this? And they cannot handle it. Sometimes we think, oh, our child will be left behind technologically if we don't buy into all this technology. But check this out. They did this study at UCLA and they took 12 people who never were on the internet and they took 12 people who were always on the internet and they scanned their brains and indeed they looked really different. The ones that were on the internet a lot showed hmm. that they were really good at looking at the periphery, like peripheral things and quick decision making. Should I click on this link? Should I click on this link? What should I do? Where the other people that the non-users, their brains didn't light up in those areas. They told the non-users, just go on the internet casually one hour a day for five days and come back to us. Hmm. And in five hours, their brains looked exactly like the expert users because it took their brain, it was so fast to mm. learn how to use the internet. So you never have to be afraid of like, oh my goodness, my kid's been reading for 10 years now. When they're introduced to a computer, will they know what to do? Of course they will know <laughs> what to do. But if you take a child who's been gaming that entire time that a child has been reading and you say, here, have this book, they're not going to know what to do with that book. And so mm -hmm. it's really important to give that foundation for those younger children through elementary school that reading time is a part of their regular rhythm. So it's something as they grow up that they'll be very comfortable doing. Well, one thing I, I thought that was really helpful in your book, uh, you have a section on recognizing warning signs of gaming too much, which I thought was very interesting. And I mean, what if what if you're seeing these things in the life of a child in your circle of influence? You know, what? I mean, you're not necessarily a parent or how can you help with getting positive skills out there versus yeah. And the that's rest? a hard question. So those warning signs would be things like they're very moody, they're very irritable. You see a change of their mood, their behavior. They seem only happy when they're gaming. When they're told to come off, it's, you know, a big deal. They're not doing the normal things that they used to like. They used to love hanging out with their friends at the mall, but now all they want to do is sit in their room and sit with their computers, you mm -hmm. know? So you see these changes and you know, these are warning signs. Like this is getting out of control. Right. And you can also use the category. So I would say if you're a friend, 
that's observing this, you know, you have to be careful because nobody likes to be, you know, we're naturally going to be defensive about our kids. So mm -hmm. that's something, you know, to be praying for that family, pray for wisdom on what to say. And then it might just be like, hey, you know what? I was listening to this podcast and I think you might enjoy it. And hey, look at you're listening right now. So your friend, care, your friend <laughs> yes. cares about you. You know, so it might just be pointing to a resource, pointing to Screen Kids, the book, you know, asking questions like, you know, I heard that there are three kinds of gamers. There are casual gamers, there are at-risk gamers, and they're addicted. And your casual is the one that can play for an hour on the weekend, never thinks about it, not a big deal. Your at-risk is, hey, they get to play on the weekend and every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, can I play again? Can I play again? Can I play again? Is it Friday yet? Is it Saturday yet? You know, then you know, okay, my kid is like way too amped up about this. So they're probably at risk. And then you're addicted, of course, it is like, okay, we had hours ago and you didn't show up. So I guess you'll have to go hungry tonight, you know, so that it's interrupting regular behavior. So I think if maybe you, you as a parent and grandparent can kind of be honest with yourself and assess where your kids are. And the same thing of helping a friend to do the same and then really be solution oriented, like don't give up on this. If you don't do anything, then for sure you're going to fail and your kids are going to go south. But if you do something like there is mm -hmm. a great probability that this could work. And especially if you are strong and firm like a redwood that, hey, no matter what happens, these are our new rules. And the new rules are no screens in the bedroom, you know, no video games Monday through Friday uh, no screens during mealtime, whatever it is, but just make it simple enough that you understand if it's being broken or not. Like, do, don't do this nebulous. We're going to do less screen time. Like, that's not going to really help you. But if you say, okay, you know, for, for our home, we just decided no video games at all at home. If they wanted to go to a friend's house to play, if they want to play when they're in the store, fine, mm -hmm. knock yourself out. But that mm -hmm. was a rhythm we chose because we just didn't want to enter that fight of every other day. No, you can't play. No, it's already been 15 minutes. No, because there is some serious brain addiction happening with a lot right. of the games that are out there. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I know that kind of my last question here mm -hmm. that I really wanted to ask you is all this screen time and all this, these skills that are discussed in the book with positive things that you're giving yeah. us today, which are great, tangible stuff. Thank you. How does this spill over into our kids' relationship with God and their spiritual yeah. growth? How does this affect our children's spiritual growth, Arlene? It's a big thing because think of when they have a phone or a tablet, they push something and they get an instant response. So for instance, if they have a question, who was Abraham Lincoln? You know, maybe we used to have to thumb through an encyclopedia or go to the library or whatever. They just ask their phone, who's Abraham Lincoln? And they tell them all about it. He was the 60th president. They go on and on. It's very instant. If they text a friend, they just wait for the little bubbles so that they know like, oh, my friend is texting back. So when a, that child who's raised that way, they go to pray and they pray about something. And then in the next five minutes, the answer doesn't come like rolling from the sky. You know, they wonder like day two, day three, they're like, does God even hear me? I don't think he's up there because nothing happened. So that on a very practical level is just something you can see that that's teaching them the wrong way that that's not how people respond. They don't respond in an instant. And obviously God has on a different timetable than we are as humans. There are five A plus skills that the book Screen Kids goes over and they are affection. If you can give and receive love. If you're not used to give, having love, uh, if those love languages aren't being spoken between parents and children because they're being interrupted by too much screen time, 
Right. And they're distracted. Be, they're distracted. It's going to be hard then for that child to experience the love of God if they're having a hard time experiencing the love of a parent, for instance. Okay. The second right. skill is appreciation. It's a heart of gratitude. And like we were talking about when everything's right at your fingertips, you know, these kids are not like, oh, I'm so thankful for my device. They're like, I want the newer one. So-and-so's got the newer one and I've got the old one. When are you going to get me? They're ungrateful. And boy, I tell you that ungratefulness and that complaining, we know how God feels about that. Just look at Mm -hmm. the children of Israel in the desert, you know, so that's, that's not going to work well. So gratitude in the heart of a child is really going to open the door in their relationship with God, where that ingratitude and that complaining and that entitlement is going to push God away. It's going to create an environment where God is not welcome. And so, you know, the anger management is another one of those skills. Be angry and do not sin. It is not bad to be angry at all. There's good mm-hmm. anger, injustice, things we should be angry about. But when you're just angry because someone had told you to stop your video game or you're just angry because you've spent an hour shooting people and you're just super aggressive, that's not the kind of anger that doesn't right. lead to sin. So mm-hmm. all these skills, they do relate to relationship with God, uh, attend, being able to pay attention. If your kids can't pay attention, because they are so used to being distracted, how are they going to read the Bible? How are they going to read and understand and be able to pay attention to it? Apology. If your kids can't in real life say, I'm sorry, but instead they blame someone else, they just unfriend someone, they just ignore someone, you know, how are they going, you know, forgiveness and saying sorry, that sort of key components to your relationship with God, your relationship with others. So all of these really key A plus skills is what we call them. They are threatened by too much technology because the kids aren't practicing these things. And they do have profound implications for the spiritual life. Well, this is all good stuff. And I hope our listeners will be able to get your book, Screen Kids. If they want to get it, where can they find it, Arlene? You can go to my website, ArlenePelican.com, ArlenePelican.com. And of course, wherever you love to buy books, whether it's Amazon, Christian Book, wherever it is, you can look for that book, Screen Kids. And then I also have HappyHomeUniversity.com. And there you can find masterclasses around the book. And I'm right now in development for a Screen Kids masterclass. So you can uh, check that out. That's going to come out later this fall. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Arlene. Would you mind ending us in prayer? We're so thankful for all the things you're telling uh, telling us all. You're a great resource and we want to help tell the children. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we just want to thank you for the children in our lives. They are a gift from you. And we pray that you would give us wisdom. We ask that you would show us how to communicate in a way that's perfect for their age, whether they're a toddler or a teenager, about screens. Show us, Lord, when a phone should be given. Show us when something should be taken away. Show us when to apologize. Show us when to stand strong. Lord, we just pray for the Holy Spirit to guide us. And Lord, we pray for our kids that they'll be receptive to our correction and that you would help us to have a strong relationship with them so that when corrections come, when things are withheld, they will know that it is out of love. And we just pray that you would stop the enemies, um, you know, just the floodgates of darkness coming into our kids' lives through what they're watching, what they're hearing, through YouTube, through all these movies, through these messages. We pray against that and we pray, Lord, a protection over our children, over their eyes and ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Arlene. Thank you so much, Corey. Wow, that was great information from Arlene. And we so appreciate her sharing with us. Check out our book, Screen Kids, on, and other resources on our show page just for you at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, 
can you do a few things to help us get the word out? Go ahead and click on the subscribe button so you can get an automatic download and we promised an episode every Tuesday. Click to share this episode with a friend or help us organically grow by leaving a review for us on Apple Podcast. If you're interested in exploring what Bible to School is, feel free to contact us through our website at BibleToSchool.com. So we get asked this question a lot. Where do you even start when teaching the Bible to children? How about the very beginning? Next time, we'll be hearing from an experienced mom and Bible to School teacher, Laura Malie, about her favorite Bible to School lesson that has a unique way to share the story of Noah and answer the question, who can save you from your sins? You won't want to miss it. Thanks for being with us. And remember, you can tell the children about the amazing love of Jesus, and it will change their lives forever.